It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The podcast with Dan Bardell and Greg Evans. Hello, welcome to the 1874 podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by the Athletics' Greg Evans to discuss all things Aston Villa Football Club. Today, we're going to talk transfers. Obviously, the window is slamming shut in a few days. And also, we're going to go back and look at the Chelsea FA Cup tie on Friday night. So, Greg, you've been off for a few weeks. Haven't seen you for a few weeks. Where have you been? What's been going on? Well, in the few weeks that I've been off, it's clear that you've been working for Sky because you've just used the term slamming shut, which uh, <laughs> I think every journalist, every written journalist is no longer allowed to use now. But Almost um, become a jokey phrase now, so that's why I use it. It, it. It's definitely not in the athletics playbook anyway. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let, let's make that one clear. But no, yeah, I, 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 I like... The playbook says who you work for. <laughs> I like the fact you're, uh, you're picking up on the Sky Sports cliche. So, yeah. But no, look, I've, I've had a couple of couple of weeks off on holiday. Um, got plenty of golfing, which, is, which has been great. And yeah, it's been really good to switch off, to be honest. I haven't had much time. Didn't have much time off in 2023, really. It was pretty full on. Um, obviously, you know, becoming a dad for the first time. Uh, switching sort of clubs, starting covering Liverpool more than Villa and then, you know, Villa's brilliant start to the season. It was very, very hectic towards the end of last year. So very good to have a couple of weeks off um, at the start of this year. But yeah, now now back to it. What made me laugh about you told me you were going away for a few You didn't actually tell me until right before you, you were going. You said, mate, it was like this big family holiday. And then the next thing I know, <laughs> every day on Instagram, Greg's playing golf. That's all I've seen. I haven't seen anything else from the holiday other than you playing golf. I've got a very understanding wife. What can I say? <laughs> no, she's she's been good. I've, look, I, 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 look, it's a bit of give and take, isn't it? She, she, I, I have lots of time with my friends on the golf course, which is which is great. But I make sure that you know we have the family time too. So. Um, yeah, it's been good. Obviously, yeah. I, I don't post all of my family time because no, it's, not, it's not very interesting. But out on the golf course, I, look, I played some wonderful courses, so I felt it was only right to share them. And 
to be fair, we will talk about Villa. Obviously, this is a Villa podcast, but you cover Liverpool as well. Just want to know how shocked you were by the Jurgen Klopp announcement last week. Yeah, yeah, very shocked. I mean, you know, as much a shock to sort of anybody in football that 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 didn't know what was going on um, was, and and there was a lot of, only a handful of people that knew, um, you know, what was happening. Um, certainly, no reporters. Uh, so yeah, very very shocked. You know, I'd like to think, I'd like to hope that Liverpool can uh, can react and and get the right person in to replace him. It's going to be very difficult. You know, you've seen big clubs in the past struggle when they lose top managers. Um, in the same sort of mould as, as Klopp. But look, let's say, um, yeah, it did come as a surprise, but I think Liverpool have still got more trophies in them still this season. So mm. maybe they can finish on a, on a real high. I actually think this is the second hardest act to follow in, in Premier League history. Obviously, number one was was Alex Ferguson. I actually think this is harder than Arsene Wenger because you know, Arsenal had been deteriorating. Wenger wasn't as popular as he once was. Jurgen Klopp's bowing out on a, a really high popularity, a bit like Alex Ferguson. And the fact that you know he was the first manager to win the Premier League, I actually think this is going to be such mm-hmm. a tough, tough act. For, for anyone to follow. But as I said, we will get into Villa now. But before we do, thank you to NordVPN for continuing to sponsor us. If you want to help us out and grab yourself a NordVPN deal, you can do so by heading to 1874.io slash NordVPN. If you do that, you'll get a huge discount off the NordVPN plan and you'll also get four months for free. It's completely risk-free as well because Nord offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. Right then, Greg, let's start the pod properly then. Let's talk Villa and David Ornstein going along way to ruining my Monday morning when I woke up and had a notification on my phone from The Athletic saying, Newcastle want Jacob Ramsey. I mean, Jacob Ramsey barely played all season, but what on earth is happening there? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, you know, D- David, you know, my colleague, is obviously very well connected yep. um, and everything that he writes, you know, holds... Um, Significant weight. So, look, you know, it's no surprise really to me that other clubs are interested in Jacob Ramsey. I'm, I'm sure all Villa fans will understand why other clubs want to sign a player of his quality because, um, you know, he's an exceptional talent. Uh, Villa are not, Villa, Villa need to raise funds. Look, they could do with a couple more sales, but it's not an absolute desperate situation where they need to sell one of their main key players um, to comply with, with, with the um, profit and sustainability rules. But, you know, senior sources for some time have been telling me that the summer of 2024 was always going to be the the point where, for want, you know, for want of a, a better phrase, where the shit might hit the fan, you know, if, if Villa don't don't make this, um, don't raise the uh, significant amount of funds that they that they need. You know, if Villa qualify for the Champions League, that could be a bit of a game changer for them. Uh, you know, we know that Villa have made other sales from the academy, you know, academy, academy graduates in recent transfer windows, but it doesn't really add up to too much money, does it? And uh, does it not? I, because I've got, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I, the main thing yeah. I've been talking about all window on Sky is the PSR stuff and the fact that, you know, if you sell an academy player, it's pure profit. It makes a hell of a difference. Over the last, let's say, th- three years, Villa must have raised between 150 and 200 million in in pure profit. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, they've they've raised significant significant amounts of funds in you know the Grealish sale, the Carney Chukwemeka sale, um, and the the ones that have followed more recently: Aaron Ramsey, Cameron Archer, Jaden Philogene, Bedace, Keenan Davis, Finn Azaz. Um, but what you've got to remember is in twenty twenty. 21-22, I think Villa were the highest spenders in the entire Premier League on the back of the Grealish transfer. So it's not like they've just sat on that Grealish cash. Um, and what we have seen 
in more recent times across the board is that clubs are becoming very, very worried about FFP now, yeah. and, you know, because of the Everton situation and the looming issues at, at Nottingham Forest. They're very concerned and it's why there's been a very quiet transfer window. Um, look, I, I don't think Jacob Ramsey will go. I, no. I, I don't think it will happen. Um, I don't think Villa will want to sell him in the same way that they didn't want to sell Douglas Louise when when Arsenal came calling for him. Villa want to build on their squad. Um, but look, they will need to raise some funds through other means if they don't make a big sale. Um, and look, as I was trying to say before you rudely interrupted me, <laughs> Villa have been, uh, you know, senior sources we, we, that, that have close links to Villa and um, have been telling me for some time that a big sale Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Happen at some point to try and balance the books. And I think I mentioned that at the start of the season, didn't I? You did. Um, you, got, you got panned. I got panned. It didn't happen. Villa were creative in other ways. But, you know, the day might come where they where they do make that big sale. Um, be sad to see Jacob Ramsey go. I don't, I don't think he will. I still no. don't think he will. Um and that's not belittling um, David Ornstein's story in any oh, no. way because he hasn't said in his article, for those who haven't read it, that he will leave or that Villa need to sell him. He's just mentioned the fact that Newcastle United um, are interested, as are Bayern Munich and Tottenham. You know, the Tottenham, no surprise there with, with Johan Langer uh, now now running things um, in the sporting director department. But look, let's see what happens. It's not not really the news that Villa fans wanted to hear a couple of days before the transfer window, but let's not get too concerned at this point in time. I'm not worried about it mainly because of the timing of it. Like Now would be a weird time for him to leave when we're riding so high in the league and also just by virtue of the fact that he has not played all season. He's really mm-hmm. struggled with injuries. I can't see anyone dropping massive money on Jacob Ramsey in the January transfer window. I absolutely <clears> don't see it happening. Long term, you know, someone will come in for him because I believe he's an exceptional footballer that, that's only going to get better. But but right now, he's, his season's been a write-off, really. We've, we've barely had him. I mean, the fact that we are where we are without having had him, without having had Tyro Mings, without having Emi Buendia, you know, we're doing really, really well. And Ramsey hasn't been a, been a part of that side th- this season. I only would love to know where we would be had he been available all, all season. So, I don't, Newcastle haven't got the money as well. 
right now. Newcastle uh, need to make another sale, don't themselves. they? You know, they need to make another sale. If if, if Newcastle are going to get him, they need to move on other players. So it's just all David Ornstein basically saying clubs are interested in Jacob Ramsey, but he but he won't go in the next few days. I mean, we we don't know that for certain, but I'm, I'm, I I'm, I just I just but I don't think it I don't think it will happen, but. Obviously, we don't know for certain because stranger things have happened in the transfer window. Yeah, I probably shouldn't go around staking my life on things in, <laughs> in podcasts, but it's just, it's, I just can't, I can't see it. But it was just a surprise to me to, to wake up. You know, I've worked with David Ornstein like you. I know how on the money he is, how many great sources he has. He's, look, David Ornstein is the is the best in the business, in, in my oh, opinion. Sure, and, for and, sure. and, 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 and look, Neither of us are, are knocking down his story in any no. way. We're just saying, you know, that, that there's one thing club's been interested in, another thing of it actually happening. And, um, you know, what we've seen with so many of David's stories in, in, pre- in previous years gone by is that he's written things in advance and then they've gone on to happen. Yeah. Um, but look, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with reporting that clubs are interested and, and it not happening. It's still a valid story. Yeah. Morgan Rogers, then let's talk about him. This is a. A weird deal for me now. It's getting a bit weird that we've apparently had a fifth. We've lodged a fifteen million pound bid. A, a third bid now is, is is what's in the press at the moment. I've no problem with that, but you know, if, if we're then talking about or close to the line with profit and sustainability, it might be a problem coming into the summer. I still find it bizarre that we would spend fifteen million pound on a on a player from the championship when we sold a player from the championship who you could argue is it a better level for five million pounds. That, that that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, you, you you look back to the summer and you think Morgan Rogers was he any better than Aaron Ramsey or Jaden Philogene Bedace? No, you know, and, and and he wasn't. But you know, he's kicked on significantly over the last couple of months. He's playing really well for Middlesbrough. You know, setting up and scoring lots of goals in a in a very forward thinking, attack minded team who are doing well. Um, you know, we obviously know Morgan Rogers' history. Uh, you know, somebody who came through the West Brom Academy and was very highly rated, went to Manchester City, didn't quite work out for him um, and has you know, had, had loan spells that have followed and now really has found his feet at Middlesbrough over the last six months or so. Um, the key is that, 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 that Unai Emery and, and his coaching team really fancy him and, and they think that he can take Villa forward and let's see what happens on, on that. On that. So, it's hard to think that this deal doesn't go through now, isn't it? Yeah. I think if Phil look, he's he's Villa's number one target. We know that for sure. So, if Villa want him, I think that they'll pay the money to get him. The player wants to come. Villa have dealt with his um, representatives in multiple uh, transfer deals uh, from for other players in oh, the okay. past. So there's there's a good connection there, um, and um, you know it's down to Middlesbrough now whether they want to accept a bid. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I like the look of him. I think he's quite a unique football, you know, a wide player that's six foot four that can play all across the attack. I do think there's there's something there, definitely something tangible to work with. His journey's interesting that he he went from West Brom's academy, was plucked from there to go to Manchester City. So he's had time at the, probably the best academy in the world in Manchester City. He had a few loan deals that haven't really gone as he, he would have planned. Did well at Lincoln with, with Brendan Johnson, but the Bournemouth loan didn't go as planned and then he's, he's come to Middlesbrough and, and has really thrived this season. I watched him the other night in the Carabao Cup and although Middlesbrough got pumped, I thought he looked very, very good. He's, I like the way he shifts the ball and gets shots off. I think that's something maybe a bit of a don't have enough shots from, from range maybe at times in, in the forward line. So, you know, it's an interesting signing, interesting proposition. The other caveat with it is that, you know, I've mentioned Badais. 
Jacob interviewed Badais the other week, didn't he? And it was a great interview, but it was quite clear that Badais wanted to leave. Villa wanted to keep him. Badais wanted to go and play football, so, yeah. so Villa sanctioned it and and let him go, albeit with a, with a buyback clause. But I just find it, like I say, you know, when we're close to PSR, to go and spend fifteen million on someone from from the Championship who is unproven at Premier League level. Now I know fifteen million isn't a lot in Premier League t- terms nowadays, but I guess the overarching thing is that Unai Emery. I just trust him fully. So if he wants to do it, as much as I can sit here and ask questions about it, ultimately I'm going to back Unai Emery because everything he does seems to turn to gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, you back him, don't you, as a manager to get the best out of players? Definitely. Um, you know, the, every player almost that he signed, he's, he seemed to take on to a new level and he's, he's brought on so many of the players at Villa that were underperforming when he arrived. So, yeah, um, you, you think if he fancies him, then he knows exactly where he's going to fit in um, and how much of an impact he could potentially have in, in seasons to come. Um, I, I mean, I like the look of Rodgers. I've spoken yeah. to pl- plenty of people that had worked with him in the past at, at West Brom who were, you know, so, so complimentary of him. They, they thought he was going to, you know, kick on and be an absolute star in the game. Uh, yeah, probably hence why Manchester City moved in for him at that point. Didn't quite work out for him, but that's not to write him off right now. Still only 21 years old. He's in a really good moment, I think, at the right now, you know, as I, as I said earlier. Scoring and, and setting up goals very regularly in the, in the last couple of months. Um, and look, he's another option who can play off the left or can play through the centre. Um, and, and look, still only 21 years old. Yeah, I mean, lots, 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 lots to lots to improve on. I think, yeah. but also the you know the potential's been there for many years, but he's starting to show that now. And this could be a re- if Villa get this done, it could be a really clever signing because he could grow in value very quickly. Um, reminds me a little bit of like the Morgan Gibbs White deal for that that Nottingham Forest had, and by comparison, and you know you think the amount of money that they paid for him, and. You know he's probably worth a little bit more as well now, isn't he? Having 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 performed pretty well in the in the Premier League, so this could be a clever deal as well for Villa because he could grow in value. I'm, I'm more playing devil's advocate here because you you just used the term he's in a good moment. The body of work at Championship level is 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 at six months, isn't it? So in that way, it's it's a little bit of a, a risk because he has had spells at other teams that that have haven't worked out. Like I've said, ultimately I back Villa and I, I know I will back Unai Emery, but I do also think. There's a lot of great value in the championship. A lot of really good footballers come out of the come out of the championship. You know, look at Villa's goal scorer at the moment. Mm-hmm. He came from the championship for you know that was a big fee. It's yeah. obviously a big fee now, but you know that was that was big money. Maybe people would have looked at that as oh, we're overspending a little yeah. bit here. But he came in and and proved himself, and he's one of the best strikers in in the Premier League now. But I think his body of work perhaps was was greater. That would be my only thing with it is that we're probably really looking at six months here, whereas Watkins had done it for two three seasons in the championship. Yeah, and there's there's nothing majorly wrong with that, you know. So players that come in in January either are either there to make an immediate impact or to sort of develop in in um, in months and, and years to come. Because Villa, like many other clubs, like to get all their transfer deals done in the summer. They like to plan for the season ahead, and if there's if they if they need to be flexible, and if they need to make you know additions in January, they will. Um, I, th- I see this as Villa seeing a player with lots of potential who's performing really well, who's growing every week and they might be looking at it and thinking, you know, we need to make this move now. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having him for the second half of this season, using him sparingly perhaps. Um, 
I think every player that works under Emery, uh, under Emery needs a little bit of time. I just just think back yeah. to Moreno, you know, Moreno last year, even somebody who speaks the same language, obviously, as Emery, uh, but had no previous history with him. He needed a couple of months to get used to exactly what he wanted from him. Um, probably said this on previous podcasts, but when he arrived, he was given homework to, to literally look through clips Um of where he should be standing, where he should be receiving the ball, where he should be moving into, everything that Emery wants. So for any player coming into Villa under Emery, it's going to take some time. Um, just think someone like Rodgers, who has, who has been around a little bit in terms of played at different clubs, he's going to be quite used to uh, going into a, new environment, into a new environment and trying to take on a new message. Also, that Morgan Gibbs comparison is really, really good, Greg. I really, really like that. That, that, is, that is a decent comparison. Again, I would have said they overpaid for him at the time when they pulled him mm-hmm. in. But he's a fantastic player. Morgan gives what I really enjoy watching him. I like his attitude, his application, and the, and the way he plays the game. You, you've made another valid, kind of valid point there. Without, without saying it, in that, even though if he has another good half a season, Morgan Rogers, one, Middlesbrough might get promoted, and then he's probably not available. Two, his fee probably goes up by another ten to fifteen yeah. million. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. and look, you know, Villa, are, Villa are looking to be creative in the in the in their business as well as buying players that are going to improve the team. Yeah, you've won me over, Greg. You've won me over. The, the other thing was that there it's were might not happen now. No, yeah, no. I, <laughs> That's I, the next one. <laughs> everyone seems to be all all over that. You know, when I when I've been at Sky, they've been talking about it a lot. That they they think that this one will get done, but by the end of the window, that, that third bid's come. It hasn't been rejected yet, like the other two has it, as far as I know. Unless I've missed something. This morning, before we've recorded, but you know, I'd expect you know fifteen million. I think Middlesbrough probably would take around that form. I always thought it'd be between ten and fifteen. So if we're the top end of that, I would I would expect that to happen. We were linked briefly with with John <coughs> Rowe a few a few nights ago, and my, my mate who I do who <coughs> quite a lot of pods with George Ellick, who I would say is a, an EFL expert. He actually said Rowe would be the better fit for Villa, and he's the he's the better of the two players. But that feels like a a story that's gone into the press to maybe try and force Middlesbrough's hand a little bit. I would just put something out there that there's another championship wide player that we're looking at. I mean, look, Villa will be looking at plenty of players as well, won't they? There'll be plenty of options. If, if Rodgers doesn't happen, there's a list, there's a list of others that they're going to be looking at either in this window or the next. So um, sometimes the names get out, sometimes they don't. Okay. Then let's talk about John Duran. Then I, Gone a scathing attack of him, but I was quite critical of him on Sky on on Thursday when I was in. I put that clip up on Twitter, and it got a lot of attention, a, a lot of views. What's what's the latest with, with John Duran? Because this feels a bizarre situation as well. Well, he's still injured first and foremost, so um, you know that, that complicates things a little bit because he, he can't play for Villa because he's injured. And if you're a club looking to bring him in, you know. <laughs> Chelsea, for example, they've signed players who were injured previously, haven't they? And you just think, is this the right move? But look, if they, if they see value in him um, in the long term, then then that's not going to be an issue. Uh, I think for Chelsea, they need to get the fee right before they, you know, they, they want to get good value, which which sounds crazy with Chelsea because they've they've overspent clearly on players previously, but um, they're not going to they're not going to blow. Um, uh, they're not going to spend a ridiculous amount on him. But they they're interested, you know, and we've got to see what happens now. It feels like Emery. It feels like from all the conversations I've had with Emery about Duran and everything I've read pre uh, about him in reaction to other reporters that have asked him questions about him. Um, 
he just wants a little bit more from him. It's clear, you know, he wants a, a better application. Um, he wants him to to work a little bit harder to try and keep up with Watkins, who you know, clearly he's the outstanding striker at Villa for his goal scoring record and his um, application in training. Emery didn't. Emery literally didn't know anything about John Duran when he was signed. I mean, I think back to it was last January, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a year ago. Yeah, so it was a year ago. I mean, you know. You look at it two ways. Duran might feel like it's a bit of a wasted 12 months because not really much has happened in his career when, at a time, he was very, very highly rated and was um, tracked by lots of clubs in Europe. He would he would have been hoping maybe for 12 months on from when he arrived at, that, at the club that he moved to in uh, last January. He would have kicked on a little bit. Has he kicked on? Maybe. Has he learnt more? Maybe. Um, does Emery fully rate him? Don't think, don't think he does because... He wasn't an Emery signing. He was somebody who um, uh, Johan Langer and his team of data scientists put towards Emery and said, look, this is a player we've worked very hard on trying to sign. This is the body of work that we've put in. This is why we think he's good. Do you, th- you know, can we have your blessing to sign him effectively? Um, and, and Emery said, yeah, you know, I'll have a look at him. But... I just there's another side of it. My, my other my other way, I think, is how do you get ahead of Watkins? Watkins has done everything that that Villa have needed for him, um, and you know it's really difficult. So it's a tough one. Players want to play, don't they? Yeah, I I don't know whether you've seen seen the clip. I said oh, I think he needs a, a reality check. I don't think he's got great people around him at the, at the moment. By the sounds of things, I think with Emery as well. You have to get the basics right first. And by the sounds of things, from what I've been told, he isn't getting the basics right in terms of application day-to-day, week-to-week at the training ground. So you have to do that if you're going to play under Emery. The stuff about Watkins, you are not better than Ollie Watkins. No. You should not be playing in the Premier League ahead of Ollie Watkins at the moment. Ollie Watkins is one of the best strikers in the Premier League. You're working at a great club under a great manager. You should be learning things and, and be like a sponge and taking things in every every single day because that's what Unai Emery is, is that good. You are getting minutes in the Premier League for a team that's in the top four. You are playing cup games for a team that is in the top four that may go on a, on a cup run in, in, a, in a couple of cups, a couple of competitions now. So I don't see at his age what his problem is. I personally, I don't want to slam him because I know he's young and he's in a different country. I think he thinks he's better than he is, is the mm. message I'm, I'm getting at the, at the moment. I don't think he's got any right to claim that he should be playing week, week to week. Just because he's, you know, Colombia's great hope, he's Colombia's number nine and playing football there, that doesn't translate to that you're starting every week in the Premier League. And actually, his minutes have been going up. Villa have ended a lot of games that haven't been going well recently. With two up top, where he's getting a good half an hour playing in the Premier League. Going to Chelsea, I think you're going to get more minutes at that basket case club. Absolutely no chance that, you know, I think Pochettino's doing a decent job and he's kind of coming together for them a little bit at the moment. They've been a mess over the last year. And they've got so many attacking options that they can choose from. Exactly. They've just spent £35 on 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 Nicholas Jackson. Is he... You know, they've got to work with him. He's raw. They've already got a young striker that they need to work with who they've spent money on, you know. Durant cost Villa, was it 16-ish million? 16 rising to 20, something like like that for for Durant. So Villa are going to want that money back. I don't see a world in which Chelsea come and get another raw striker and add it to the concoction of players that they've got at the moment. I just think he really, really needs a reality check, John Duran. And I don't want to be scathing of, 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 of the lad. It's difficult for I think I think you gotta you gotta think of the player's perspective. If you're 
if you're a real top talent uh, playing in the MLS where so many clubs in Europe are wanting to take you on, Villa come in and they promise you this and that and they say, look, come and join our big project. We'll develop you. We'll kick you on further. You know, we'll we'll do we'll make a big deal of the unveiling. We'll bring Juan Pablo Angel in, you know, former Villa hero, and 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 we'll make a big deal of it. You know, and we'll we'll give you everything that you want. Yeah, he's played a lot of minutes, and I think I think the amount of minutes that he's actually had is is, is fair um, for for the player that he is. Um, and it's really difficult that he's got Ollie Watkins in front of him. If he had someone that was underperforming, he'd have had more minutes. Clearly, because you know that striker wouldn't have, wouldn't have had the chances that Ollie Watkins has had. But I do think you've got to think from the player's perspective. You know, he's made a big move to Villa. He thought that he would probably be kicking on further, and he's thinking, look, if, we, if there's if there's availability elsewhere, maybe I'll weigh that up. I just I don't know. I, there's something about it I, I don't like. I feel like it, his agent might be bad news as well. It feels like there's a lot of stories getting planted in the press. For, for my liking at the at the moment, I just, I just don't like what, what what's happening with it. If, if he was better than Ollie Watkins and Reddy, Unai Emery would pick him. That's the that's the simple yeah. fact of the, yeah. of the matter. Yeah. I think you need to look at like someone like Leon Bailey, for example. You know, he was out the team at the start of the season, but came off the bench, got goals, got assists. He's made himself now a, a first pick by what he's done. What he's done this season, but he's had to work bloody hard to, to get himself into into that team. And I think mm. most Villa fans mm. now, when they pick their eleven. Leon Bailey would be in there, you know. That was that was unthinkable. Twelve months mm. ago, that was probably unthinkable. Totally. And even at, the, even at the start of the season, it was probably un, un, unthinkable as as well. Duran needs to take a look at that and think. Look at Leon Bailey's ap- application. Look at how he's gone about getting himself in the team. It's a work hard. He needs to do the basics, like like I've said. It's, it's a good example because there were you know there were there was so much frustration around Bailey, not only amongst supporters, but within the club, you know, about his application previously. You know, they really wanted to fire him up and and and, and get him into the player that they thought they were signing. And for a long time, you know, for a couple of seasons and a half, he just didn't look like he was ever going to cut it, did he, at Villa? Um, and there was a lot of frustration there. But fair play to me, you know, he knuckled down and he worked hard and he showed that he can make an impact. And he has made an impact this season. And yeah, you, I, I would pick him. I think he's a better option than Diaby at the moment. Um, uh, so yeah, it's a good example, but still difficult to tell a 21-year-old that. He's 20? Yeah. No, he's 20, isn't he? Uh, he's young. Look, he's he's a young boy. Dave Reid said it on Sky the other day. You know, he's in a new country. He's earning a lot of money per, per week. I don't know what. I don't know how much family or friends he, he's got around him at, at the moment. You know, I'm not disputing that there's, there'll be things that are tough and that gets added to when you're not playing. I, I understand that because ultimately 95% of footballers want to play everywhere. There's 5% that aren't bothered, but you know, 95% of footballers that they, they want to play. But like I've said, you've got to look at where you are and the club that you're at and, and, and what you're doing. And in, in fairness to him, you know, he's come on and impacted games. I'm not saying he isn't a good player. He's a, he look, he's raw. He looks like he's going to be a really, really good player somewhere. And that would be a risk as well from Villa's perspective. I wouldn't want to shift him. And then he goes on and becomes world-class somewhere else. But at the moment, he's so, so raw. He'll either come on and score, come on and win a penalty or come on and get sent off. That That's what it feels like. He's not the finished article yeah. like Ollie Watkins is. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, the, yeah, I agree with everything you say there. He's, he's not, he's not, the, he's not the finished article. It's as simple as that. Um, and it will be interesting to see what the next few days hold. But the bottom line is, he's injured at the moment, so he can't play for Villa. Any other transfer tidbits, Greg? Before we move on to the Chelsea game, 
it feels like all Villa's eggs are in one basket, aren't they? They're in the Morgan Rogers basket at the moment. Um, whether things change in the next couple of days, you know, let's see. Um, there might be a couple of outgoings still. Villa still want to raise a bit of money. You know, they've obviously moved on Dendonka. Yeah. Um, and are you surprised uh, by that? No, no. I feel like. He summed up the Gerard era a little bit, feels yeah. like, then Dunker, you know, somebody who was, look, what you've got to remember is he was signed because Villa were worried um, or concerned. No, let's phrase this in the right way. Villa were, Villa were reacting to the interest from Arsenal, from Douglas Luiz, by signing Leander Dendonka. They didn't want to leave themselves short in case a crazy bid came in on deadline day, which you remember three were rejected. And that, you know, that was... That was a real bold move from Nassif Sawiris and Wes Edens. You know, they decided they were not selling Douglas Louise and they would not bow down to the pressure from Arsenal. Um, but if a ridiculous bidder had come in, you know, maybe they might have they might have considered it. So the reason that Dendonka came in was just to cover that in case he did go. Um and yeah, look, I I think he, I think he, he had some games where he'd come on and he performed quite well and he Tighten things up when Villa needed it. Yeah, I don't think he's been bad. No, he hasn't been bad. I just don't think he was ever going to take Villa forward. No, he was never going to be in the first eleven, was he? And that's what no. you want. You want players push, pushing each other. And Emery didn't have full trust in him. And Arobinham's coming through. He feels like on the ball a, a better fit for an Emery system as a, as a fourth, fifth choice central midfielder to me, Arobinham. I think they would have kept him around anyway by, by the sounds of things. It didn't sound like a loan deal, even if Dendonka had stayed. Was it was ever in the offing for for Tim Robinson? But he gets a chance now, doesn't he? To perhaps, especially get some games. That's why I go back to that Middlesbrough FA Cup game where Den Dunker played, and I kind of think, why didn't the Robinson play? That'd yeah. have been a perfect game to play him in, wouldn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it would have. Um, you know, Tim, Tim was close to going out on loan uh, in the the last window, but he picked up an injury, uh, and I think during that period, you know, he. He learned that Emery was, you know, really quite fond of him. Actually, he went above and beyond, um, helped him out with his injury, took a real personal interest in in him and his in, in, in his development and how he was recovering, um, and offered, you know, some independent personal help, which I think came as a bit of a, bit of a surprise to him. Um, so that maybe changed his thinking, and he thought, look, you know, the manager actually does rate me, and I've, I've got a chance here if I if I knuckle down, recover well. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what the next few weeks hold for him. Perhaps he'll get some. Perhaps he'll get some more minutes. Yeah, I think he'll get football now because there's a squad space vacated. He was getting on the bench anyway, wasn't he? Mm. I think now there'll be a chance for him to get some minutes at some point. I think Emery will trust him to throw him into the the hustle and bustle of the Premier League. I've told this story before, but I did some work for the Premier League maybe two years ago now. It was, and Chris Brunt was there, who was had done some work with the West Brom Academy at the time when Arogbenham was there, and he said to me that Arogbenham is going to be a proper player. So, so good. He's obviously had success at England youth level as well. So that's, that's what we want to see, really, isn't it? I, that make, as much as I thought Dendonka was useful, that makes more sense to me, having a, a, a young player in that position than, than he does Dendonka on huge wages. But you, you're right about Gerard, the Gerard era as well. And also, like, you're saying he was bought just in case Louise got sold? Couldn't be any further away from each other. As, as they couldn't. They players. couldn't. They, they couldn't. But they, Villa had to get a body in just in case. You know, I remember being at Arsenal and uh, Villa, Villa had just lost to Arsenal. And you know, I, I asked Gerard. I said, "Look, what's happening with with Douglas Louise?" And he genuinely didn't know at that point. And that was tw- less than twenty four hours before um, the deadline. And then what happened next was, you know, Arsenal came mm-hmm. in very strong. Three bids were submitted. Douglas Louise was 
Douglas Ruiz wanted to go, you know, make no mistake, he wanted to go. Um, but but Villa were very clear with him. Look, if you stay, we'll, we'll get you a new contract, we'll look after you, etc. And look, probably a good move that he stayed now. Yeah, excellent news for Villa. Right then, let's talk about Chelsea nil, Aston Villa nil. But before we do that, let's hear about our sponsors, NordVPN. 1874 is proudly sponsored by NordVPN, so when the Villa are playing and you can't watch it, we want to help you. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile and your smart television. So if you want to watch some live content, it allows you to appear like you're in another country. And whilst you're connected, no one else can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. Beyond this, the service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty handy for you. As part of NordVPN supporting 1874, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free. This also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you've got to do is go to 1874.io slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details are also in the description. Also, this November, NordVPN are also promoting Movember, which is a charity based in the UK which raises money to help fight mental health, suicide, prostate cancer and testicular cancer. All are amazing causes and NordVPN has added a donation feature to their checkout which enables new users to donate £1, £5 or £10 or whatever the customer decides to donate. And even better, NordVPN will match every donation. As always, we're very grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight, but if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help keep the channel running and help us too. Right, Greg, Chelsea nil, Aston Villa nil in the fourth round of the FA Cup. I'm quite I'm, As much as we probably don't need another game, I'm quite happy to take them back to Villa Park because I fancy us against anyone at Villa Park. And then the draw took place yesterday and it feels like a favourable draw if we do make it through to the fifth round. So then suddenly you could find yourselves in the in, in the quarterfinals, Greg, on, on, on a big FA Cup run, which I think is what a lot of Villa fans would like. I missed the draw last night. Please tell me who Liverpool get. Or Leeds, I believe. I'm going to double Liverpool check. Liverpool Leeds. <laughs> unless, I've, unless I've dreamt that, I'm going to uh, I'm going to double check. No, there was a certain game that was on earlier in the day that made me switch off yeah. in football after that. Leeds, oh, wasn't it? Interesting. Leeds, yeah, Leeds v Leeds, <laughs> Leeds or Plymouth, Greg. I thought I'd have dreamt it then. I, was, I then started to think when you said that, was the draw even yesterday? Have I had a, have I had a strange dream about it? But yeah, so... You'd fancy Villa at home to Chelsea because I fancy Villa at home against anyone. And then, you know, yeah. an EFL team, championship team in the in the next round, it certainly does open up a little bit. Certain teams have dropped out as well. Still Man City, still Liverpool in there. Of course, Manchester United limped past Newport yesterday, <laughs> yesterday as well. But, you know, it's, it opens up for a potential Wembley trip. Yeah. Um, glad that Villa is still in the draw, first and foremost. Yeah, you know, yeah. Look, look. Probably didn't need the extra game, but it's not too much of an issue because they've had the break previously, and you know the fixtures haven't been too congested in January. So, um, and actually, I think Villa tend to perform well when they do the sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Sunday, yeah. uh, Sunday, Thursday kind of routine, and that's what they've got now for the next couple of weeks. You know, starting with Newcastle um, on Tuesday night, which is um, you know a big a big Premier League game, of course, but. Yeah, fancy Villa at home to anyone, so glad that they're still in the draw. Um, thought the game was a bit of a strange one, really, because I know that Villa tend to go away from home and they like to sort of sit back in the first half and then throw everything at 
the team in the second half um, after they've sort of uh, sussed out the plan. But something like 28 or 29% possession, wasn't it, in the first half of Villa against Chelsea, which was the lowest, I think, of, of for Villa of any game this season. And it was a little bit surprising. It felt like they needed Emi Martinez in the first half to to keep, not to keep them in it, but to, to make those important saves. The second half, Martinez, <laughs> he was the guy that was causing the problems, wasn't he, almost, which was pretty unusual, you know, the... The long make it, up, make it up for it though. Yeah, the, the long kicking that was just was just going nowhere and and ending up with Chelsea coming back at them and then a couple of um, couple of mistakes and obviously Kamara with with the one mistake. It just felt like Villa weren't sort of fully at ease in in defence and playing out from the back. Long lay a little bit sl- sort of sloppy in the first half, but much better in the second. Um, and and I was watching the game and I was thinking in the first half, you know, Villa are sort of missing Paul Torres again. This was oh, a game that killer, isn't it? This is a game where they're really missing him. But I'm but I'm also thinking to have a player like Clement Langley, who is your fifth choice centre half, it's not bad, is it? You know, and he and he made amends in the second half and was much better with his distribution. But um, yeah, not not a great game first half. Second half better for Villa. The thing I thing I like about Villa now is that you know they're always in the game. If it's nil nil, and they need a late goal, they'll go and do it. Showed that against Crystal Palace. Showed that against Middlesbrough. Showed that against Chelsea previously. Um, if they take the lead, typically they go on and, and and hold out unless it's against Man United. And if they go one behind, they always sort of they're always in the game, aren't they? And they always you always feel like the game isn't done and. Having covered Villa for now over a decade, you know there aren't many times where I've I've felt comfortable watching Villa, thinking that they can go and score and and change the game. Um, but I do now watching Villa, and I'm saying all this on the back of two I was nil. Say, nils. I, I couldn't be the worst time to, to talk about that. I, I do I'm think the game this on the back of two nil nils, yeah. but look, I do think it will change. The game on Friday, I think it was a tale of two goalkeepers. Really, I think both made some really outrageous saves. I thought both goalkeepers were on top of the game in terms of mm-hmm. of making saves on, on Friday. I don't. It's, it's not a bad result, nil nil at Chelsea. It was good to get Tillman some some minutes. Obviously, him coming back from a from an injury where he's been out for a while. Just we just we <clears> do <throat> need to get Paul Torres back though. Like, he's, he's such a huge miss, both in and out of possession. And we have not been the same. Since he no, was out, out of the team, we'd just be in Liverpool and I mean Manchester City and and, and Arsenal. Then Paul Torres has disappeared, and it, it has been a little bit of a limp since. But I will say as well as much, I feel like this is our sticky patch, our stodgy patch at the moment. Yeah. We've only lost one game in that in that patch. Yeah. You know, we're still picking, picking up, up results, not not necessarily wins every week, but we're still picking up points and keeping ourselves ticking over, and that's important as well, isn't it? Hundred percent, you know, just just literally looking at the league and still on level points with um, with Arsenal and, and Manchester City at this stage. Liverpool sort of got kicked kicked on a little bit in in Villa's so called sticky patch, but look below them. Other than Tottenham, you're not scared of anyone really, are they? You know, Manchester no. City, Manchester United and, and Chelsea, the the teams that you know over re- more recent years would would have been the worry. Um, not not concerned about them too much. Feel like. You know, these could be famous last words, but feel like, you know, Villa is just a little bit too far ahead for them to catch up with them now. The same with Newcastle. Um, and, and look, you know, obviously West Ham are the, the team that are closest other than Tottenham in, in sixth position, uh, in um, seventh, seventh position, is it? But I just I just feel like Villa have got enough to, to get over the line. I know there's still pretty much half a season to go, but um, I don't see them throwing this away. It's just whether they can stay in the top four rather than the top five. Yeah, I want fourth. I don't want any 
not knowing what's going to happen when when, yeah. when we finish, finish fifth. That would be horrible to think, oh, God, is it Champions League? Is it not? I just want to finish fourth, and then we know exactly yeah. what, what, what we're doing. I keep forgetting there's a game tomorrow. Busy, hectic day ahead for my for, for myself tomorrow. There's a game, there's a game, isn't there? Tomorrow night against Newcastle. They they fell away. They're not having the season that I thought they'd have. Injuries have played a, a massive part in that, but it will still be. It feels like they're starting to get players back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're rocking up at Villa Park, Greg. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I can pretty much safely say whatever happens tomorrow night, it will not be as good as last time Villa played Newcastle at Villa Park because that was an almost faultless performance and. Um, you know that was that was the real eye opener for me. I thought this Villa side are, are something now. You know um, they were brilliant against Newcastle at the last home game, but I think there's a bit of revenge there as well because of the the five one drubbing on the on that opening day yeah. of the season. It will be good to see where where Villa are at now. Um, you know against Newcastle, good win for Newcastle at the at the weekend in the FA Cup. You know they'll they'll be riding high on that. But yeah, injuries have killed them this season, haven't they? They've just had so many players out at, at key points. You know. In, in real key positions as well. Yeah, and then obviously losing Tanala, um, Grimaris has missed games. Nick Pope's missed a lot of games. Um Botman. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've they've had everyone out at some point, yeah. haven't they? So it's been been difficult for them, but I fancy them to 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 kick on a little bit, but I think it's they've left it a little bit too late this year. God, is Pal Torres back tomorrow? Don't know, we'll wait and see. Come on, come on, pal. Get yourself fit again. You want him. You want him fully fit as well, don't you? you don't want to rush him back, yeah. you know, and don't want to squeeze him in because you have to. Uh, no, but we're so. desperately. I, I, we're desperately, desperately missing him. I think. I think it's been real, real, a real problem. But I think undoubtedly, had he been fit over the last month, we would have picked up more points. That's, mm. that, that's my opinion. Yeah. I, I, he's so good, so so good. I thought against Manchester City he was absolutely unbelievable, both in and in and out of position. He'd be in His array of passing in possession was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, what a player. We need him back as soon as possible. It nearly passed me by that there was a game tomorrow. I'm obviously going, but I, I nearly I completely forgot when doing this podcast that there's a that there's a game tomorrow. Look, all I can think about is transfers at the moment. Greg, not got the bandwidth for, for anything else in my tiny little brain. But that will do us for the pod. Thank you ever so much for joining me, Greg. Hope you're still having a great Pleasure. time in the sun. I know, I know that you're still having a great time in the sun. Thanks to everyone that supports the show and is tuning in. Thank you to NordVPN for sponsoring us as well. And happy 40th birthday to our producer, Adam Bates. He's 40 today. I've got to admit, I thought he'd passed that a long time ago, but he is 40 today. So happy birthday to producer Adam. If you could do all the stuff that helps the show grow, that would be absolutely brilliant. Subscribe, liking, commenting. Let's get ourselves up the charts. Why not? Top Top of the pops. Let's get ourselves up the the podcast charts. We'll be back with another show through the week. I haven't really sorted the schedule yet. I'm in London tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, so I need to sort out my life, basically. So, yeah, but we will do some content at some point. Thanks ever so much for watching or listening and up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.